Right now is an amazing time to invest in India. Find out why as we talk to Adrian Mutton from Sanam S4 in episode 59. This is Two Babes Talk Supply Chain, where we interview the top supply chain professionals in the industry. You will learn about the best practices, changes in the industry, and hot topics in supply chain. We answer all your questions and put the sexy into your supply chain. We are your hosts, Sarah and Nick. Hello and welcome back to Two Babes Talk Supply Chain. Remember to go to our website and check out all 59 episodes. There's tons of information on our guests and most of our episodes come with a free download jam-packed with even more information about the topic. Today is no different and you are going to want to check out the free download that RVM is providing us with today about our topic. Reducing a company's carbon footprint through logistics logistics optimization. And here to discuss is Stefan Ridey, the founder and CEO of RVM. Welcome to the show. Stefan Ridey is a leader, a supply chain enthusiast, and a visionary aiming to build innovative services for making global supply chains visible and eliminating blind spots. He is the founder and CEO of the Swiss RVM AG, helping manufacturers, exporters, and importers to make the invisible visible and the unknown known by enabling transparent global trade via real-time cargo monitoring services. RVM service provides clients with flexibility in managing their supply chains while avoiding the costs of developing their own solutions or the need to invest in devices, hardware, software, and staff. Clients improve their trade management and supply chain operations. Before founding RVM, Stefan was responsible for IBM's Secure Trade Lane Solution, developing innovative solutions with the goal to improve security in international trade. Welcome to the show, Stefan. We are so excited to have you here. Let's get started. Well, happy to be here. Great. So tell us a little bit more about RVM. What do you do? How do you do it? And why do people use your services? Well, actually, you have just given an excellent introduction in your introduction. So there is not much to add to that. No, but seriously, uh, RVM basically is offering a a service, uh, a a carefree service to companies, exporters, importers, to get more visibility in the global supply chain. And part of that service are, let's say, three components. One is a sensing component that is at the edge of the network where the cargo is, so where a pallet is, where a container is, where a truck is, collecting data about the condition of that cargo. Sends that data, collected data in real time to our backend, which is the second component. We call it the analytics component. There we collect the data from the sensing devices and we add additional data to it. We combine all the data. We make sense out of the data. So it becomes actionable information for our clients. And the third component we call the operations component, which is uh, um, our staff mainly making it possible to our clients to use it as a service. So they don't have to worry about devices. They don't have to worry about technology. They don't have to install any software, nothing. 
And, and that's part of the operations component. And for every client, we then package these three components into one single carefree package so we can address their requirements and needs. Wow. Amazing. So before we get into the next big thing for your supply chain, which is reducing carbon footprint, congratulations on receiving the 2017 Green Supply Chain Award. Can you talk to us about carbon footprint, what it is, what does it mean in supply chain, and how does it affect our future? Well, sure. I mean, uh, carbon footprint obviously is a huge topic and a lot of people are talking about it uh, also in, in US, Canada, I, I suppose, after Trump has now uh, left the, the Paris Agreement. But I think what everybody knows about carbon footprint is that it's kind of a, a summary of all the greenhouse gas emissions. So it's not just CO2, it's many different gases which are caused by all of us when we are traveling, when we are uh, shipping cargo around the world, when we're producing stuff, etc. And then obviously when we're talking about supply chain, it's, it's about how we are moving cargo around the world. And there's some uh, surveys which say that roughly 6% of the global greenhouse gas emission is uh, caused by yeah us sending cargo around the world so this is it sounds like a small amount but uh, well if you look at what what it, it means then uh, just with better managing supply chains you probably could have a huge impact on on reducing that Awesome. Yeah, it is a big topic. I mean, in shipping, we're moving goods all around the world. We're using all sorts of emissions and, and different things like that. So, I mean, it's definitely something that we have to take a look at because it's really going to impact our future, especially yeah. the future on the environment. So, and, and, and yeah, there, there are different uh, organizations and consortium taking care about this. And what we did is we looked at the, the so-called GLEC framework or methodology. So that's an organization called the Global Logistics Emission Council. That's uh, a group of different companies and industry associations. And they came up with a, a framework, with a methodology, how you could actually calculate the carbon footprint in global supply chains. And for, for our service, we're using that methodology. And, uh, and yes, we are now based on our, our services we have, based on our data we have, we can now calculate uh, the carbon footprint for our clients shipping cargo uh, around the world. Wow, that's amazing. What was that company called again? Global Logistics? Emission Council. Emission G-L-E-C. That's the abbreviation, GLEC. And this is a, yeah, a group of different companies, and they came up with a framework how to actually calculate the carbon footprint. I mean, you can do that with different in different ways. Uh, for example, do you calculate the, the, let's say the, the oil and, and production of, of gasoline? Do you calculate that in or not? That's also part of it. So, um, you can, you can look at it in different ways and, and the, we are using their metho methodology. Interesting. Okay. I'm going to, just for our listeners, I'm going to have that information available in the show notes and on the website so that you can go and take a look at that as yeah. well. So why should organizations account for the impact of their logistics processes to the environment? 
Well, I think there, there are different reasons to it. Either you believe in it or not that uh, CO2 or the carbon footprint could have an impact on our, on our climate. Uh, let that discussion be aside, but I think there are three main reasons to do it. Uh, but, but as an introduction to that, just maybe uh, an, another figure. So the OECD, they have recently published a study where they say that global trade will increase by a factor of four till the mid of this century. So 400% increase in moving cargo around the world, which has an impact of roughly 300% on the carbon footprint. And at the same time, and here we're coming basically to, to the first reason why companies should care about, there is an indication or a regulation now uh, put in place by the EU by beginning of 2018 to start reducing the, the greenhouse gas emission to a level of 60% lower than uh, what it was in 1990. So you see, on one hand, it, it's an increase of the carbon footprint uh, or the, the greenhouse gas emission by a factor of three estimated by the OECD till mid of this century. And at the same time, the government wants to reduce it by 60% to the level uh, it was in 1990. So something needs to be done. But what should be done? That's the big question. And there, you can only start doing something if you know what actually your emission is. So before you start defining programs and take actions, you actually need to have a measurement. You need to have, and here we're coming back to what we're doing, you need to have visibility about what's going on. And therefore, we think one of the reasons is why they should care about it. They need, they know they will have to do something, but before they can do something, they need to measure it. And we are offering them a tool to measure it. Absolutely. No, I love that. And I definitely agree with you. I mean, everybody in the supply chain has a role to play and they have a responsibility in all of this, right? Absolutely. So, you know, as our listeners and the, the, um, the listeners within organizations that could be, you know, taking a look at this and, and really making that a part of their supply chain decisions, I think is huge. And I think it's really important. And I'm not sure enough organizations are doing that right now. But I, I do feel that there's a large responsibility on their part as being part of that supply chain. And some people don't look at it that way. And I, I think it's important that they do. So that's a really, really great point. And I love that you're being able to show them what the impact is, and then they can go and do something about it. And, and you're actually touching an, another important point, I think, and at least that's what I'm seeing here in, in, in Europe, but I'm, I'm sure it's also in, in US, in Canada, in Americas, in, in Asia. You as a private person, as a private individual, you can also force them to, to start doing that. So if you're asking for these kind of information, as, as you want to know where your meat is coming from, is it biological or not? I mean, all these trends are actually enforced by us individuals. So if we want to know what the carbon footprint is behind, and this is not just about logistics, obviously, yeah, there, there are other impacts on the carbon footprint as well, how products are produced, etc. But logistics supply chain also has an impact there. So if we as individuals are forcing companies to tell us, is it now a, a simple way? Huh? Is it a red? Is it is it an orange or is it a green? Then by doing so, you can even ask more 
that companies are are paying attention to that. Yeah, yeah. And just starting that conversation, you know, whether you're uh, somebody within an organization that's in, you know, works within that supply chain space that wants to take it a little bit further and really say, hey, you know, this is something that we need to take a look at. This is something that we really need to start considering. Um, a lot of the customers would appreciate the fact that we are even thinking about this in our supply chain. I mean, like you said, there's other areas, but just starting that conversation, either from the individual level or as an employee in a, in an organization to really just, you know, get that started, get that conversation started and, and start talking about carbon footprint. So let's get into IoT. So how does the Internet of Things work in this space? Why is it important to have that visibility? Well, as, as I mentioned before, huh, if you don't have visibility, you cannot take actions and you don't know actually what to do. Now, coming back to this uh, Global Logistics Emission Council, obviously they have started their work years ago already with their methodology, with their framework on calculating carbon footprint. But all these measurements so far, uh, the, the, the methodologies of measuring the carbon footprint is based on some kind of high-level estimates or calculations. So to give you a simple example, if you ship a container from Rotterdam to New York, you basically calculate, you look at the distance, uh, but, but not the real distance the container took. So you measure the distance between Rotterdam and New York, and then you apply that emission factor and that's it. Now with IoT, you have the capability to actually see exactly where the cargo went along. So maybe it didn't go straight to New York. Maybe the vessel went first to Felixstowe and then to Liverpool and then to Halifax and then to Toronto and then to New York. So actually it took 4,000 miles more than initially planned or calculated, and therefore you see exactly what's going on. And based on this more detailed uh, data, you can even better calculate the carbon footprint. So that's, that's what we are doing. And you can even go a step further. This is not happening right now. But imagine that every engine in the future will have an additional technology insight that in real time can transmit how much gas it's using or oil or whatever. So then you can even go a step further and you have in real time the emission from the engine directly, which tells you how much uh, uh, greenhouse gas emissions you have. Amazing. There's so many amazing, you know, data and, and, and so much amazing information out there that's, that's out there right now and even to come. So I'm, I'm excited to see that and see how, you know, companies and organizations use that, um, in their businesses. So what kinds of business decisions can companies make when they know more about their carbon footprint? What are the key benefits? Well, again, besides the fact that you probably have to do something, so it's legally enforced, and, and if you don't apply to that, then you're eventually punished. You have penalty fees that you have to pay, whatever, so that's also kind of a benefit. You have a branding benefit. Uh, you, if you can tell your clients that I'm taking care about the environment and I'm looking to reduce the carbon footprint, that's a branding benefit, which will help you to even increase sales, maybe. 
but also internally. I mean, you can you can start optimizing your routes. Huh? In the example, it's just a, a virtual example I mentioned before: Rotterdam, New York, and you go by Halifax and Toronto, etc. But if you see that you take four thousand miles more than it actually it should take, you can start optimizing your routes. You can start looking at your different logistic service providers, at your carriers. You can uh, select them based on different criteria. Obviously, performance is one, the cost is one. But in the future, the carbon footprint emission of your logistic service provider could also be a selection criteria. Uh, and, and then you can, you can optimize your own shipments. Huh? So uh, you see how the loading efficiency is of your containers, of your trucks, and uh, that allows you to reduce cost. So it's not just yeah. yeah so they're be- they're be- they're be- sorry they're benefiting in a few different ways, right? They're they're benefiting because they're you know organizations are able to help the environment and feel it's almost like a social responsibility aspect to it. And then on the other hand, because you're increasing efficiency, you are uh, saving on costs. Correct. Absolutely. Yes. So it's kind of a win-win situation here for for companies. That that is our opinion exactly, and and it goes a step further now. I mean, this is just if you look just at the the, the logistics, huh? basically the carbon emission, the carbon footprint, or the the greenhouse gas emission based on logistics. But imagine now you have uh, let's say perishable goods in your container, uh, just as an example. And uh, this container experience, uh, the increase of temperature, and therefore you have to throw away the cargo inside the container because you cannot use it anymore. That is also an impact on the carbon footprint. Huh? So you have cargo which has been produced that you have to throw away. The production generates carbon footprint. The uh, recycling of the cargo generates carbon footprint. And if you can prevent that by measuring, for example, the temperature in the container and prevent or take action if you see a slight increase so that you can keep the quality in, in order, then this also allows you to, to reduce the, the carbon footprint. Absolutely. Okay. So after giving us, you know, sort of a, a visual of what companies can do and, and what the key benefits of, of taking a look at their carbon footprint, can you give us a specific example of when your customer implemented this kind of thinking, how it helped their business, what it did for their business? I don't know if you can give us maybe an ROI type scenario as well. Um, but I'd love to hear more about an example so that our listeners can get more of a visual on how how it can help not only them but their companies as well. Yes, I mean I'm I'm not allowed to mention any uh, client names, I guess, uh, and I shouldn't. But let, let's take an example. We have, uh, for example, a client who is producing confectionery in uh, in Eastern Europe and sends it over to Canada. Uh, this client used to ship only according to the criteria of cost. So the logistics manager was looking at the cost. How much does it cost me to send one container from this place? Uh, so from Eastern Europe to Canada. 
based on the visibility we bring in now, they realized, first of all, that it's not very efficient. So they, they take, uh, they, it took them 75 days to bring the cargo from, from A to B. Now they have reduced it to 25 days, which obviously has, because of the duration and, and, uh, or the distance has an impact on carbon footprint, but many other benefits as we have just discussed before as well. So that's one. They have changed the routing. They have optimized their routing. Uh, the other thing is, as I mentioned before, they're monitoring the temperature, uh, which allows them to keep the quality of the product uh, in, in good order. Uh, and, and therefore, they have now, the, the impact is they have to throw away less of the cargo because the quality stays in order. That's the second benefit which has an impact on carbon footprint. I'm, I'm just looking at carbon footprint now and not all the other benefits. The third benefit they have is uh, in Canada, once the cargo has arrived, they first did some kind of quality checks. So they, they unloaded the container, they put it in a separate warehouse, which was a cooling warehouse as well. So that's also generating carbon footprint. Uh, there they did the quality check and days later, they packed everything again and sent it to the end client. Now, by being able to monitor everything, they know when the cargo arrives in Canada, it's in good order, quality is fine, and they can send it directly to the client. So again, less logistics cost, less warehousing uh, with, with a, in a cooled warehouse. So that's also reducing the carbon footprint. And these are the three benefits this client now took out this specific in this specific example. That's a really great example because a lot of times, you know, logistics decisions are made based around cost. I mean, that's kind of the thinking that's out there um, when, you know, uh, you talk to uh, a traffic manager or or somebody on the supply chain team that's responsible for the procurement and, and taking a look at, you know, logistics costs. You know, what what, is, what are my trucking costs? What are my ocean freight costs? What are my air freight costs? Or going out for three different quotes to see, you know, who's the cheapest? Who can I move this with? Um, and it's going to cost me the least. So that's the kind of thinking that is out there um, when you take a look at logistics. But this puts a completely different spin on it. So how do you, how do you get them to think this way? How do you get them to change that mindset um, around taking a look at it from this type of angle rather than, you know, cost, 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 cost? Well, uh, you're, you're touching a difficult point here. And that's one of the challenges for us also in, in selling the service, because it depends to whom you're talking and how the organization is set up. I mean, again, if you take extreme examples, if we are approaching a logistics manager and the logistics manager is only focusing on cost, then yes, you don't have a chance to, to, to sell that kind of service unless you're going, for example, to other guys like the quality manager or the supply chain manager or the CFO or whatever. So often we have to bring in um, different stakeholders of a company into one room and have them discuss together what every benefit for every of, uh, or every single one of these team is going to be. On the other hand, it could also be that you have now a logistics manager who has a much broader um, responsibility and he will immediately see that benefit. So again, it depends on how the roles are defined in a company. And uh, the second one is uh, eventually you have to bring in more resources. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. And we're seeing more and more of that, right? We're seeing a lot more um, companies allowing supply chain at the boardroom level because they're seeing how important it is, exactly, not only yeah. from a procurement standpoint, I mean, from your standpoint as a carbon footprint and all the all the savings that is there that really nobody has maybe even thought of in a company. And I also find that people, different parts of the organization are starting to be heard and have a little bit more say on the supply chain side. And I think it's great. I mean, in my opinion, I think the future of business is all about collaboration, whether it's internal collaboration or external collaboration. That's that's how I feel about business moving forward and into the future. So I definitely agree with you. And I think more organizations, companies and people are um, just becoming a little bit more aware of that. And also um, they're 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 um, welcoming that into their organizations as well. All right. So what is next for RVM? Why don't you tell us about what you're working on? What does the future hold? Um, Let's hear all about it. (laughs) Well, I guess then we need some uh, other podcasts here to record. (laughs) If, if I tell you about all our ideas, but I think simply said, it's, it's kind of making even more use out of the data we collect. And, and again, our core competence is collecting data based on these IOT sensors out there, combine it with additional data and then, uh, start making sense out of the, the data we collect. And one of them certainly is, again, the, the carbon footprint uh, calculation. Others could be financial services we put around it. Uh, another uh, aspect could be risk engineering. So our, our thinking is that, let me compare it a little bit with, uh, with uh, Google. Huh? If, you, if you enter a destination you want to travel to, I don't know, if, for example, I don't know where you're based, but from Toronto to Vancouver, uh, the Google Maps proposes you probably several options how you could get from one place to the other. You could take a train, public transport, you could take an airplane, you could go by car. If you go by car, they look at the at the traffic jams, they, they propose you different routings there. And I see something similar happening here with us as well, that based on all these different data we collect, based on these different services we have around financing, around risk engineering, around carbon footprint, around performance, we then can propose our clients different ways how to send cargo from one place to the other. So it's it's uh, uh, different parameters will influence the way how you start shipping. Yeah, I, I also agree with you on the risk side. I think, I think there's a lot of discussions happening at the organization level, the freight forwarder level, uh, carrier level in regards to risks and liabilities. Um, who's responsible for it? Who's going to take it over? Um, what does that look like? How can we share it? I think there's a lot of discussions around that. And I'm glad that you, you're going to be looking at risk and liability moving into the future. Yep, that's definitely one of the big things we will do as next as well. Great. And maybe we can have a next conversation about that. 
Yeah, absolutely. We'd love to have you back on in 2018. So anyways, we're going to wrap up this conversation. I just want to say thank you to Simona, to you, uh, Stefan, and the team over at RVM um, for putting this together, for coming on the show, and giving us a glimpse into the impacts of logistics on the environment and how we can use it to our advantage. Remember to check out the free download on our website, twobabestalksupplychain.com. It will be episode episode 60. And to learn more about RVM, please visit them at rvm.com, which is A-R-V-I-E-M.com. And Stefan, I believe that you are on LinkedIn. Yes, I am. Great. And you guys have uh, social media links on your website as well. So thank you so much for coming on the show. We really we're excited to see what you guys are doing in the future and love what you're doing as far as the carbon footprint in logistics. Well, thanks to you and thanks for giving me the opportunity to talk in here. And uh, yeah, hopefully we see each other soon again or talk to each other soon again. Great and happy holidays. Enjoy the holidays. Yeah, likewise, yeah. Another amazing show. Thanks to Stefan, Simona and their team at RVM for making it happen. Next time we speak to Martin and Brian of MP Objects about selecting the right control tower for your supply chain. Write us a review and subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. And remember, everyone, ship happens and happy holidays. Happy holidays.